You are listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, a.k.a. She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. So welcome. This is Suzanne, a.k.a. She. Uh, we are one day past the soul in silence. I felt, uh, being that yesterday was Easter, allowing it to be Easter. And then we dive back into the eighth limb of yoga today. And you can listen to it in your flow this week. So this will somewhat round out our segment. However, I think I'm going to potentially dive into this a little bit deeper again next week in the Dharma talk, uh, because we are on the eighth limb of yoga and that is Samadhi, the settled mind. And, um, gonna do my best to be, uh, clear in this communication because it's something that can't always be put into words (laughs) and is known as you start to touch these states of being and then there's a practice to retain so uh, it is possible for people to have bliss states or heightened states of awareness but to retain it is uh, not an easy practice In addition, uh, what can happen when one touches that, the ego can get excited too, which is one of the reasons it's hard to retain because as soon as that ego jumps in, it kind of brings you back to the present moment in the sense of the the humanity in you. (laughs) And the other piece that is... uh, good to touch on is that we're in the yogic system, the eight limbs, um, the yoga sutras as transmitted by Patanjali, which is one system of yoga. Yet all the systems of yoga offer these aspects. uh, And this is a specific teaching that was passed down. And if we look at the idea of enlightenment or samadhi, uh, settled mind, amongst other practices like a Buddhist practice or a Taoist practice or even the word mindfulness has become very in vogue these days, uh, that process is one that requires the surrendering of self, the surrendering of the I, the grasping, the, you know, moving beyond all these things uh, to see what's there. And ultimately, when you're there, you're no longer grasping and then you are in service uh, really to all that you cross paths with. And so it's a very different place to be in. And it's a very uh, sometimes difficult place to be in, in the sense that to stay there, because if you think about it, if you put a, 
aside all your uh, things you grasp for, all your suffering sounds pretty good, right? Uh, and say you're successful for a little while by restraint, but that's not an authentic place of being at a settled mind because then all of a sudden the mind will grasp towards some addiction, affliction, or some new karma will ripen. So when we're talking about the settled mind, it means that uh, the basically the mental activity is uh, at a state of bliss and pureness. And so the mind can no longer do any harm. Therefore, the speech won't do any harm. The physical body won't do any harm. And this is why in a Buddhist tradition and even a Taoist tradition, when one uh, takes on what's known as a bodhisattva vow, it's a very humbling process because what will happen is there is an opportunity for you to see where you've bypassed in the mind, in your karmic uh, unfolding. And so all of a sudden (laughs) you commit to these beautiful vows, uh, which really can't go wrong in practicing them, (laughs) but they will humble you, they will break you down and build you back up again. And that is a process. That's why we call all of this a practice within the system. So how we'll get back to Patanjali, how this relates is that oftentimes people will say in some of these other traditions that, oh, everything's happening, unfolding, it's crashing, it's falling, it's building up, and it's it's all here, which is true. Yet there's this uh, long, longer perspective, you know, it's the eternal perspective that feeds into that present moment. In addition, when we're aware of that longer perspective within the present moment, this allows us to reconcile past action and settle the mind in the present moment, therefore leading us into a more clear future with a clear mind, settled mind, clear heart, which is a a joyful thing to work towards. Not always easy. Uh, so, and that's why even in, uh, spiritual, uh, syntax, people can just play, they can play like peace, love, happiness, and they can do a lot of nicest niceties, but I guarantee you they're bypassing their inner work. They're bypassing what's going on really in their mind and they're negating what's really going on in the physical body and the emotional body. And ultimately, our liberation comes from doing that deep psycho-spiritual healing, uh, not pretending just to be in a good mood or or maybe mastering being in a good mood, but you still have suppressed some of these karmic ta- knots that are still there. So within the practice of the system of yoga, you have this opportunity to, when we're working with all the limbs, to on bit by bit, uh, reach this beautiful settled place in on a very gross level and then on a subtle level and then there's this feeling of bliss uh, and this pureness that's exuding from you and as mentioned just a few moments ago when we start to feel this pureness and this bliss it's like ah yet depending where your mind is at 
they can cr quickly go whoop, and be back uh, in a place that can be humbling. And then the ego potentially will keep trying to grasp at that place for that place. And that's really not recommended because it will naturally, naturally arise by your efforts. So when we grasp at Samadhi, it's going to make things much more difficult. Understand that it will arrive based on the purest forms of your efforts. In addition with you're willing and courage to look really deeply at self and what's on your set and setting to help you settle that mind. So what you can do uh, for yourself is understand that um, you have an opportunity, because I don't want to really set you up to grasp for this place. Like I said, it'll arrive, but you can do this. So, uh, what ultimately, um, arrives as a mind gets more and more settled is that you have a deeper level of trust. You have this diligence, um, you have a tranquility and then this ability to see all things as they are like a deeper understanding of what is, uh, because before you enter this space, oftentimes we're only looking at it from our perspective, maybe two perspectives, but truly, as we've talked about in the karmic patterns, when you can walk around things, all directions, then that, that karma can be liberated. And the same is true when, uh, we think about our mind is that when we can start to perceive things from all perspectives, start to get a little still because yeah, we have karma to unravel. We have choices to make in our physical life. Uh, and then we can realize when we're having adversity, we're reconciling karma and we're being given the opportunity to make choices for the benefit of all, not just ourselves. So how you can start to really, uh, just perceive how subtle you're, settled your mind is, is, um, how much trust do you have like within yourself, trust in you? One of the most important things that we, uh, want to have is to trust ourselves because that's who we're with eternally, infinitely is ourself. Uh, and then how peaceful are you and how much inner peace is there? And also how much discipline is there? Uh, and how strong are you? Meaning, uh, just where you're willing to keep going kind of thing, even though maybe you want to take a rest. And then there's these subtle things where we have recollections and that helps us understand the true nature of all things because we start to see our karmic ties and we start to see and feel uh, why maybe this uh, fortune has come our way or why this adversity has come our way. We start to see it from all perspectives. And then we st start to understand the wisdom 
like this, this wisdom we've been going over, you see it at a different level, you feel it, and then you're able to embody it at a different level. So if you start there, just looking at just the simplest thing is how content am I? How content is my mind? This will give you an indicator, uh, just of where you're at, because I'm trying to describe something that's undescribable. But if we keep looking and saying, wow, you know, and you might get really content and you'll be like, well, I'm not at Samadhi yet. That's okay. The The good thing is that you're not as in as much uh, strife with yourself and your surroundings. And um, as I mentioned, if one is taking on uh, different responsibilities, meaning different empowerments and stuff like that, those things will humble you further and kind of work you so that you can really uh, clear the entire system. This is just a, just a brief touch point so you can just really check in and just see, you know, I would say how much do you trust yourself and how much inner peace do you feel you have and what wisdom has been blossoming around you where you're getting a deeper understanding of a concept that maybe you intellectualize, but you're starting to really get it, you know? Um, so there, from there, this will give you just kind of a little bit of benchmark. And um, then there, you'll understand that there's these subtleties to this process and that will give you the ultimate freedom to explore it and it'll unfold in your in the right moment I would say I don't want to use the time word so so if we dive into this a little bit deeper uh, and want to know uh, what will be the obstacles like I talked about in in the beginning that if you're on a bodhisattva path you've taken bodhisattva vows um, <laughs> and I giggle because oh that you know wanna it's like you have to keep taking those vows over and over again because they get broken um, and broken and broken and that's just because you meet yourself and you're like ooh uh, uh, and there's no no uh, nothing to be shamed about is just to have awareness and keep reaffirming and redirecting your attention to where you want it to be. So on this process of opening uh, and clearing and settling the mind is that you will meet obstacles and that can be from feeling ill uh, having disharmony in the physical body, mental, emotional, and spiritual body. Uh, doubt might arise. This is very common on a spiritual journey when we really uh, engage our soul work on a daily basis, which I don't recommend anyone ignore. But doubt uh, can rise up and fatigue uh, because it's not easy and again that's where we can compare and contrast in spiritual communities where they're just like peace love and happiness and um, are pretending to be those things and just ignoring 
what's going on, let's say in their emotional body, because your emotional body is triggering all these things to let you know, like if you're feeling anger or frustration, all those things are valid and they're there for a reason. And then it's how you resolve and transform those. Uh, but if you're only willing to sit in the happiness pool, uh, <laughs> you're going to um, just be there. And then when you're ready, you'll get out of it and meet all aspects of self. So uh, it's normal to get tired and maybe have some doubt in the process because, you know, don't we all want to just sit in the happiness pool? <laughs> uh Carelessness. So this is normal too. This is an obstacle where it's just like, uh, forget it. So that carelessness, laziness, uh, and then those two kind of go together. It's just like, you just get lazy. You don't want to do it. It's kind of like when things are going good, people don't do a lot of their spiritual practices. And then when things aren't going so good, they're more diligent. And ideally we should be diligent all the time. And there's a lot of great things to benefit from when things are more smooth, uh, in our life or, you know, the, to really be, uh, present and diligent and focused. And then this attachment thing is very big. That's a, a thing that we all do. We grasp at the stuff and this creates an obstacle from reaching that settled mind. And then the next thing is delusion. So we use our imagination. We create these stories. We uh, fabricate truth. Uh, we manipulate what we thought was or wasn't. Uh, we even convince one another that what really happened didn't happen. So this delusion creates an obstacle because then the mind's all confused, doesn't know what's happened. The other obstacle is the, the failure to achieve it, the subtle mind, and then maintain it. So um, all of these things can create uh, hindrances or distractions during your process in yoga and in your process reaching to that settled mind. And as we talked in the beginning, you know, this whole aspect of yoga is not just you know, doing fancy asana postures <laughs> and posting them on Instagram. It's not that at all. The, the aspect of yoga is to get here to samadhi, to the settled mind. And so when we evaluate ourselves and can say, and we might be lazy in our asana practice, maybe we're not getting on the mat. It's not to say there isn't value in getting on the mat because your body will tell you a lot when you're doing your your asana practice with your pranayama, your body and your mind and your soul and your emotions will tell you a lot on your mat and on your cushion. So it's really a powerful experience. So if we look at any of these areas that I just mentioned and say you have illness or disharmony in the body, focus there. Uh, say you're tired, rebuild up the chi in your body, the energy in your body. Uh, if you've gotten lazy, you doubt things, you're, you're feeling careless, meaning that you don't care. You're just like, I don't care. A lot of people say, I don't care. I, I can't do anything about that. But it's not true. Your, your efforts are a direct 
a bonus to you, meaning that the efforts you make for your well-being, the efforts you make for your eternal being, you benefit from those. And guess what? When you benefit from those, so do the people around you because it's you're only working towards being a better human and uh, eternal being, which is fantastic. So uh, if we look at these different areas I just mentioned, you say, wow, I've, you know, I need to unwrap, unpack one of these or all of these. <laughs> I pick one and focus there, and that will un, that will help you um, really find your feet again, uh, move beyond where you have in the mind and the heart and the body. And so, as I mentioned earlier, is that um, when the mind becomes clear and serene, there's also qualities of the ability to. Uh, be kind, but also to see things from all sides. So when our mind is truly settled, we're we're not seeing it as a, a duality. We're seeing it in totality. And when we see in totality, that gives us a very interesting perspective and opportunity to pause and really feel into how we're to uh, engage in that moment. And so if you have people out there telling you that they're enlightened or they're greater than you, they're probably not because typically uh, someone's not going to tell you that if they have reached these states of being. Uh, but it's very valuable. Someone's reflecting that to you to listen pretty deeply. And then from there uh, to understand that if, let's say this being was that, um, like was omnipresent and for whatever reason thought it was a good idea to say that, uh, there, there might be a reason, I guess, uh, to understand that when we see things from all perspective, we're not going to do something to cause harm to others. And so that's where I just want to welcome you to understand and that's why it can get confusing people adopt spiritual speak or it just doesn't matter i'm not attached it does the more that you get closer to having a settled mind you'll realize there's a lot of responsibility with that and you can't pretend not to see totality if you're seeing totality or close to it there's a responsibility for you to take right action not only for yourself but the people involved people in the room and that's how the we know when the mind's getting more and more settled because the eye subsides uh, there's a pureness to your your being and you're able to start to navigate and sure enough you know when we go through this process and we we hu we humble down we soften our gaze more and we become more and more service to the world around us we will we will meet opposition. We will meet the aspects of our ego that still need to be worked and challenged. So, um, you know, when we have, if you have any of these obstacles that you're aware of right now, you know, this is more than likely where your suffering is. <laughs> and uh, that's why it's good to look in right there. So if we get back to this aspect of what happens um, when the mind is clear and serene is that you really 
become more joyful. Uh, there's a lot more love uh, and compassion, not only for yourself, but for those who are suffering. And so you might see that you'll have like friendliness towards the joyful. You won't be like all bothered by them. You'll have compassion for those that are in suffering and you'll have deep happiness, sincere happiness for the, for the pure. And then you'll feel neutral towards the impure. And so these, these can kind of give us a little wayfinding is that uh, if we're bitter and not friendly towards joy, then uh, that gives us an idea where we have some work to do. Uh, if we have compassion towards the those who are suffering, that, that shows that we're ready to have empathy and understanding and start to see the totality. And then if we have happiness, not envy, happiness for those that are in more of a pure state, again, that's showing us that our mind is getting more and more settled. And then when we're neutral toward the impure. So when we have judgment, this is where uh, we're saying, hey, I have judgment. And, uh, and so, or biased would be, there's a lot of biased in the world right now. So when we become neutral, we just see it for what it is. And then we see that they're going through their cycles. Now, there's an aspect from teacher to student or even in uh, when you're in relationship to someone, a partner, where you speak what is uh, and you point out what is. And that helps, that mirror helps. So if someone does that to you or you do that to someone, depending if they're ready or want that, <laughs> this helps show what is. And when we point at what we're seeing, that can help the other person step back and maybe pause if they so to choose just to really look at what maybe what they're bypassing. So, um, hmm, such a big subject and lots of pauses for me. It's really important that I, I say this uh, accurately. And like I said, we might go a little bit deeper into this because it's such a such a hard thing to just put into words. <laughs> it's actually indescribable when you reach these states. So I think what we're going to do is we'll, we're going to pause it here because I think I'd like to go into the stages next week and just allow you some time just to sit with where your obstacles are in your life. Uh, where the mind isn't settled and see if you can choose one that's mo been most prevalent around you. And then we can go a little bit deeper into this settled mind. And the reason for that is because again, I could say all these things and you'd be like, okay, it means settled mind <laughs> at the end of it. But I, I want to give you a tool to work with so that you can evaluate in your yoga yogic practice of exactly where you are so that you can continue to reach higher states of being. And these are good checkpoints, just like the other 
limbs of yoga are good checkpoints to say, oh, you know, I, I'm, I haven't been getting on the mat. I haven't been doing, doing any asana, let's say. Then you know, like, oh, okay, I haven't been feeding that part of the system. And also going back into just our, you know, rules of life, uh, those kind of things, laws of living that they also give us these checks and balances so we can choose uh, where we are ready to be and where we want to continue to push, not push, but where we want to continue to focus our attention and refine our practice. So, all right. So I want to thank you for being patient with me as I share this with you. And we're going to go into the silence and then the sound. And then I'll come back on the other side of all this. And then what I'd love for you to do, like I said, in this next week, just to really think about, okay, where is my mind, the mind? most obstructed right now don't blame it on the rain get right down into that mind and see where it's obstructed and then really welcome yourself to jump into these higher states of being if you so do choose all right so let's come up to a seated position lifting that back up can be on the floor, on the sofa, cross-legged, half lotus, full lotus. And then take a nice gentle breath in. And then exhale out. Another one, inhale. And exhale. One more, inhale. And exhale. And then gently following your natural breathing pattern, uh, bringing your gaze to a focal point down in front of you and allowing your natural breath to be your mantra.
gently taking a soft breath into your heart center, gently breathing in and out. Then gently preparing by rolling over onto one side or the other to rise up into a seated posture and gently breathing in and out. Another one, inhale. And Exhale. Beautiful. And then gently from there, welcoming you to bring your awareness to your heart center and bringing your hands together in a prayer position in front of the heart. And then taking a moment to express silent gratitude for all that you are, all aspects of self. Taking another deep breath in. And out. Again, inhale. And exhale. Good. And then gently from there, welcome you to bring your hands in prayer position up to your forehead. Connecting to your highest state of being, your inner wisdom, your innate gifts. And then if inspired, taking a moment to acknowledge all aspects of self by simply bowing to self with respect. And then as you rise back up, uh, I want to acknowledge each and every one of you that have been here in this moment. I honor you and I respect you and I bow to you with respect. And so... As you walk into the next, uh, allow what you receive just to be within you. And as possible in the next week or in your flow, just observe the mind and see where it's not settled. And maybe write down what's going on there. And then next week, we're going to dive deeper into these phases of the mind settling, uh, 
and these when we recognize where our obstacles are in the mind that'll help us and keep it inward because it's really easy to point it outward because that's the opportunity to see where we're uh, where our mind wants to engage where our ego wants to engage so see what's going on up there and then we'll dive a little deeper in this next week so we're almost through the eight limbs of yoga we'll say samadhi part a <laughs> all right so you all have a beautiful present moment into the next this is she signing out the full heart soft gaze a deep bow and a namaste be simply listening to Be Simply. This is Suzanne Toro, aka She. You can anticipate being inspired, discovering some inner and outer wisdom and inspiration. Without further ado, let's dive into Be Simply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.